In a world where three pudgy history teachers discuss random aspects of history. I've got nothing. No, Hatfield, we got you. Yeah, I, wait, who you calling pudgy? Yeah, man, that's kind of rude. No, I'm rude. socially distanced i'm doing well well i i would (laughs) like to just point out to our audience that we are as um uh i guess responsible members of society that the history bros are practicing social distancing Mm -hmm. Um, hashtag hashtag. and but i i'm a little concerned because i think brian you need to scoot a little bit further over to nevada oh hold on is that because we we call them dirty We're good. We're good, man. We're good. Okay. I'm, a, okay, I'm, good, I'm, good. Another, I'm a full. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> well, you know, it just. Uh... <laughs> I just, yeah. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna just, do? Just whatever you guys do, don't cough because I won't be able to make it through Tennessee for at least three days. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, oh, I've got my. I cannot believe that we're making fun of this right now. I mean. Right. <laughs> When we recorded this last week, is there any possible way that you guys could have guessed that we would be in the circumstances that we are now? We don't have enough time to go through how my week went, to be honest with you. You mean, I mean, do you, are you talking about like where I'm having to watch fencing on ESPN? Is that what you mean? (laughs) I saw a video of it's like a group of guys watching TV and you know how like when <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bowling. people are bowling and one's playing chess and you know they're standing up and like high fiving each other. But yeah. Well, okay, so I took Friday off because um I figured, you know, we'd be in school on my wife and I's uh, anniversary this next week. So we took uh I took we both took Friday off and we were gonna go watch Les Mis and uh, down at Deepak and all this kind of stuff. And um, yeah, uh, by Friday, they had said, okay, well, we're canceling school on Monday. And then (laughs) by Saturday, they had had another um, press conference and said that they were canceling school through April 3rd. Oh, wow. And then later that evening... They, uh, Roy Cooper, who's our governor, gave uh, said that we were in a state of emergency and so that schools would be closed for two weeks. All schools in North Carolina, because Wake County, which uh, is where Raleigh is, had not made that decision to cancel school yet. Really? And um, uh, Durham had mainly because, like, we've got you know, I'm, I'm in a Title I school and we've got some students who one student that I was talking to on Thursday had just moved in with his grandfather. Sure. And so, you know, now they're sort of trying to figure out how we can do the, for the meals, for the students that, you know, depend on that. 
and uh, and that sort of stuff dealing with it right now. But yeah, mm. as of right now, um, I don't have school. They they send us out a calendar for what days that we're going to be, what days are work days where we have to uh, at least show up. Um, what days we can work from home, but we have to fill out uh, documentation, like little Google forms to say this is what we're doing. And then they have annual leave. So we can either work or we can take uh, like sick days or something like that, of which I have like 17 sick days stockpiled. So there you go. I, uh, That's you know, I'm, nothing. I'm that capacity. <laughs> I've got. But yeah. And so we uh, I went out to go get my haircut in the morning and I got the and the thing is, I had had to reschedule this because the girl that had cut my hair had the flu like a few weeks ago. <laughs> and so um, I was going in because they do like a straight razor and I go to this place in Durham. That's just amazing. But um, then I got an email that morning saying uh, after doing some discussion, we decided we're not going to be doing straight razor cuts <clears throat> um, until, you know, this is over. And I'm like, this, I got, I'm in five hours. I go in five hours and you guys just send me this email. So they're going to cop my, um, my cut and all this kind of stuff. But then we go out to eat and we're feeling kind of weird because, you know, they're talking about social distancing and, you know, there's all this stuff that's going on. I'm looking at this uh, website that I read about um, where the 17 year old, I think had made like a, a database. And according to this, there are uh, over 6,300 uh deaths from this and 164,109 total confirmed cases right now but I don't know if that's been updated. So we were thinking should we go to see Lay Miz in a crowded Deepak, you know, d during uh Durham uh, Performing Arts Center. Mm -hmm. And yeah. as we were we went to go we went to go eat dinner and so we we're kind of you know, it's no one was coughing. There wasn't anybody sweating or anything like that. But you just, you know, it's in a very kind of state of panic right now. Sure. And um, right as we were leaving, I got a notification that they had uh, called a, this is like it. Uh, we had gotten there. Our reservations were at 530. At 5.15, I hadn't checked my phone. Um, they'd sent an email out saying that the, the city of Durham, or I guess maybe the county, had done a... Um, called an emergency and so anything with over 100 people is canceled mm. and so we'll be getting refunded for our tickets and stuff like that but yeah right. it's just like everything is just like grinding to a halt so the next day i went out to costco and my wife went to trader joe's just to get some odds and ends and good god everything was <laughs> like all, the, all the meat cases for chicken were gone i mean at a costco yep completely oh, yeah. emptied out and she had sent me pictures from trader joe's and a lot of the shelves there were cleared out yeah mm -hmm. and it's just like I, so what's i mean so what's life like in you know iowa and missouri right now same pretty much you know empty shelves and uh i, I thought you were talking about the kid from tennessee and i thought you were going to reference the kid with the uh with the seventeen thousand bottles of hand sanitizer oh god and i, I didn't no. realize we were doing another uh installment of wad of the week i didn't uh <laughs> <laughs> i didn't realize how many, how many bottles how many how many bottles and stuff did he have do we know uh, i just i just had it up seventeen thousand hold on seventeen thousand dude dude 
Come on. And he, and he said, and, I mean, and he was interviewed. He he willingly went to be interviewed. And he was yeah. like, yeah, I was thinking, man, this is going to finally put my family into some place, you know, comfortable. <laughs> he, he said that. He, I mean, like, yeah. And he, I'm like, seriously? I mean, you're gouging people in a time of national emergency. And you're like, man, I was really hoping that this would lift my family out of poverty or something like that while you're, you know, gouging people. This is like. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a jerk move. Now, well, have they canceled schools in your states yet? No. Uh, I, I want to say a couple of random school districts have uh, postponed, but nothing officially canceled. Yeah, a lot of schools this week, uh, upcoming are on school uh, are on um, spring break, so we wouldn't have had school anyway. Uh, mm, I know yeah. my son's college has extended, and uh, several colleges in, in Missouri have uh, extended their spring breaks not through this week, but through the week after. So uh, they're effectively out for two weeks, but nothing major has come down yet as far as like the regular schools, K to 12. Yeah. So we had one Des Moines public schools. Ex- <laughs> so they, they uh, canceled school and they said in the, the press, press release said they're canceling all school events for essentially the next 17 days. What they didn't say in there is that that includes their spring break and three professional professional development days that they had at the end. So really, they're only losing two student contact days. Oh, um, okay. But, but like their activities weren't be weren't allowed to meet and all that stuff. Which sure, like, sure, you sure. Know, there's something to be said about that, but it was a little misleading. And uh, they kind of, it's been interesting. Now there's another <laughs> school not too far from us. Large, I mean, these are we're talking about metro schools, like big, bigger schools for Iowa, mm-hmm. uh, that is extending their spring break. Uh, other than that, there hasn't been a whole lot. I don't know of any smaller schools um, that have made the decision, but I think they're all kind of saying we're going to follow our our state department of public health's recommendations. Yeah. And of course, yesterday we had uh, our governor announce that we have what we believe is the first case of public spread or, you know, uh, you know, community, community spread. spread in the state. And we still should not close down um, the schools yet because hmm. for whatever reason. Um, and I'm not, I, I guess uh, for me personally, yeah, I mean, it's nice to be able to say, yep, we can still get in and get some work done. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if it's not, the right way to go to just i'm almost wondering if it's not the right way to go to lock down the whole dang country and just be done with it and get it all done now well i i do think that social distancing is uh a crucial component i do believe that Mm -hmm. um i mean because if if there's anything that's happened with all this i've learned a lot about the flu of 1918 yeah Mm, right and you had two cities st louis and philadelphia Mm-hmm. who reacted in completely different ways mm-hmm. and uh, way out of character um st louis did the smart thing mm-hmm. um whereas um it wasn't philadelphia dirty. decided to it's, go it's on almost like it. you live here <laughs> it's weird no they um so apparently philadelphia decided to have these big uh, parades and stuff like that and st louis decided no we need to kind of uh put everybody on lockdown and so uh mm-hmm. by contrast uh philadelphia wound up racking up a lot of cases a lot of people died i think that one over 
680,000 people died? In the, I think in oh, the United yeah. States, I think. I, I, like I need to check like, on that. Could be right. Um, let me see. But um, and if that's the case, um, that would be more than the uh, number of Americans who died during the Civil War. Yes. Wow. That's like six hundred and twenty some odd thousand. Well, they've said that more soldiers died from Spanish flu than. Uh, than actual action during World War One, and I. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, so from what I'm looking at, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So, the flu killed 200,000 Americans by the end of October 1918, and there are claims that the pandemic killed over 675,000 Americans in total. That's not good. <laughs> no. So, yeah, and when you think that 620-some thousand died during the Civil War, then you're talking within a third of the amount of time more people were killed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll blame that on um, um, William T. Sherman, too. Well, I, I enjoy blaming you know, North Carolina for things and that you know when you when you talk about Sherman's march to the sea and blaming him for that 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 we that's don't, a bad, we don't talk about that no one should ever talk that, about that that's a badge of honor we northerners wear uh you know for um you guys aren't northerners you're in the midwest uh bull what side did the Iowans fight for that would be the north yeah per yeah, capita that's not, Iowa that's sent not really north that's I, the union Iowa sent more soldiers oh, to like war in Florida per part capita. of the south Per capita, <laughs> Iowa sent the most soldiers to the war. Per capita. So well, there put, you go. put that in your pipe and bite down. M- wait, most number of from the north, quote unquote? Per capita. Or in, in, okay. Per capita. Okay. And he used Latin, so you know he's right. Well, I mean, Iowa back in the 1860s, <laughs> you had a population of like, what, 35? Exactly, mm-hmm. and all thirty-five went to fight. That's a hundred percent, man. Yeah, that's I mean, a lot of people. Hashtag dedicated. They had one. U- they had one unit. That's right. Hey, man. That's. I don't know. I'm not. Sure. I don't know yeah, what to say. This is crazy. But anyway, so the thing is, is that things have gotten to be really insane. Um, across the country, I've never experienced anything like this as a historian. I don't. This right. is very, very exciting. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, just because. Not, I mean, not sure. saying. No, 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 I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But, um, but of, to my understanding, for people who don't know a lot about what is going on, to my understanding, eighty percent of all cases um, are they are pretty mild. To the point that in some cases you may not even know that you ever had it. Sure. And then you have beyond the 80 cases, you know, I, I think if I'm looking at this uh, coronavirus, it's called NC, NCOV2019.live. COVID-19. Um, they have 75,918 people have recovered from the coronavirus. 164,109 total confirmed cases, 6,314 died, 
and right now 5,579 total series as of uh, this recording. 118 out of 195 total countries infected. So you have a, a, a larger number recovering than have died from it. Right. So Which is what we want. You know, apparently it is impacting elderly and people with compromised immune systems. So it's not right. like, you know, the bubonic plague or something like that. But the main risk is that you could carry this without knowing it. And then in fact, you know, the elderly or something like that. And that could obviously be a problem. Right. Are the fat a part of the targeted audience? Oh boy! Oh boy! Because if that's the case, I need um, to go get some masks. What are, what are you? What are you? What are you trying to say? Are you concerned? I, yeah. If, <laughs> if it is, then I need to get a few masks. <laughs> and really social oh, distance. Oh boy! <laughs> fashion a, a mask out of Cheetos. <laughs> Can you hey, do that? Asking, I'm asking for a friend, not for me, but just for somebody. Well, else. I mean, if you have like a really big like bag, you should be able to cut like a slit, and then the dust in the bottom should be enough to filter out whatever you know pollutants there are as you breathe through the bag. That's that is a scientific fact. I don't know if you know that, but that science. is it's science. <laughs> so, I mean, you can. Ask around, but I mean, what do I know? But that's just what I hear. <laughs> okay, from the legal standpoint here, so we don't get sued later, he's <laughs> joking. He's not serious. If you're not trying to be at picky, home. Yeah. If you, read, if you read across the bottom of your... Um, <laughs> this is Jason Roof saying that's you all Hatfield. See. You'll probably see Jason Hatfield is not a licensed physician. <laughs> the opinions of the history bros do not necessarily reflect. No. <laughs> Though he played one on the TV. findings of the CDC or anybody with half a brain. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Listen. <laughs> so, um, shall, since we've been talking about this week in history, and I think we should probably take a moment to, uh, to discuss that uh, wad of the week. Which one? Sure. The hand sanitizer guy. He's a jerk. <laughs> That's kind of important. So for those of you who um, who do not know, there's a guy in Tennessee who bought eighteen about 18,000 bottles of hand sanitizer. Did we, uh, um, we, we drop this dude's name? Did we drop his name? Uh, his name, well, it, it's published. It's um, it looks Matt, like, well, Matt he did Colvin the from Hickson, Tennessee. Is it Colvin or Calvin? I had Colvin. That's from Yahoo okay. News. Okay, so the New York Times said it's... Yeah, this is basically a re Colvin, repost Colvin. Of, the, uh, of the New York Times. Yeah, article. so it is Colvin. Another one I was reading said Calvin. So um, March 1st, the day after the first coronavirus death in the United States, these two brothers went out oh. into a, in an SUV and basically bought up all the hand sanitizers that they could in various areas, um, Walmarts, um, like little, you know, quick stops, all this kind of stuff, bought up pretty much oh, everything. They had God. to actually drive into other counties and states to then buy some more. He, they rented a U-Haul truck, it says. Yep. Yeah, took a 1,300-mile oh road trip across Tennessee and into Kentucky yep. with this U-Haul collecting thousands of bottles of hand sanitizer. And um, then they... Oh, my gosh. 
And let's see, they posted 300 bottles of hand sanitizer and immediately sold them all for between eight and seventy dollars each. Seventy dollars. The guy says it was oh crazy God. money. <laughs> the next, read the next sentence. Um, to many others, it was profiteering from a pandemic. Let's be very clear. Not to many others. To all the others. <laughs> I don't have too many people that I know going, well, you know, that boy was on to something. Oh, so, sir. <laughs> so according to the New York Times, the next day, Amazon pulled his items and thousands of other listings for sanitizer oh. wipes and face masks. The company suspended some of the sellers behind the listings and warned many others that if they kept running up prices, they'd lose their accounts. Um, and then now, while millions of people across the country search in vain for hand sanitizer to protect themselves, uh, Mr. Colvin is sitting on 17,700 bottles of the stuff with little idea where to sell them. Uh, perhaps he should try to sell them to Satan when he goes to hell. <laughs> it's been a huge amount. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, the thing is, is that having come from Wilmington, in Wilmington, we would have like hurricanes mm -hmm. and you would have, you know, houses and stuff down. Well, then you would have individuals who would, um, that would be, you know, selling their services to come out and like cut down trees and clear up and that kind of stuff. And in some cases they would jack prices up sure. ridiculously. And the thing is, is that, you know, obviously if there's a need, oh, you right. want to, you know, increase the cost, but you know, when it's in a, in an emergency, there is an, obviously an ethical issue. It's kind of like that, uh, the pharma bro guy mm -hmm. who, uh, who got the rights to this particular type of drug, the only kind that there is for this, I don't know if it was for HIV patients or, or whatnot, but then he jacked the price up over 700%. <laughs> and he's he's actually been, uh, I think he's in jail now, but not, it has nothing to do with jacking the price up. That was legal. Um, apparently he, uh, he was, uh, put in jail for defrauding investors. And, um, so yeah, so you screw over rich people and you'll get some jail time right. apparently. So, but That's... anyway, uh, going back to the wad of the week, um, Colvin, uh, Colvin says it's been a huge amount of whiplash from being in a situation where what I've got coming and going could potentially put my family in a really good place financially to what the heck am I going to do with all of this? Mm. Mm. Again, rewind this. <laughs> I left the suggestion. <laughs> Sir. But the, thing is, is that the focus is on him, but you know, sure. there's more than just him. That's oh, that. sure. There is. I'm sure there is. Right. So, um, so yeah, so, um, what a wad. No, Matt and Noah Colvin, you are the first duo brother <laughs> wad of the week. Congrats, I guess. I did yeah. that last week, too. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> mm, uh, applause. <laughs> We're proud. All right. So, um, oh, so um, this week in history, yes, Mock, I think you're up first. 
Did you guys know that today are the Ides of March? It, it, That's yes, today. It today. Yeah. Uh, did you know that uh, this day in 44 BCE, the usual festive Ides of March, take they took a tragic turn. Uh, as dictator for life, quote unquote, Julius Caesar is attacked by a group of knife-wielding Roman senators. Among the assassins is Caesar, Caesar's protege and friend, Marcus Brutus. Um, I and really that, that ruined I, his that ruined his weekend. I don't know if you guys know that or not, but well, <laughs> actually, I was reading something today. Um, was it Marcus Brutus? There was a um, someone had posted, and I actually posted it on our on our uh, History Bros website. Um, Where can you find that website, sir? Um, that would be on <laughs> facebook.com slash history bros pod. Oh, he was hey, talking about okay. the pod or the, okay. the Facebook page. And, and that's yeah, that well, that's where I posted this. But they had we posted a thing. We is me, Julius Caesar's <laughs> forgotten assassin. Okay, um, it says uh, on March 15th, 44 BC, E. Uh, a group of Roman senators murdered Julius Caesar as he uh, sat on the podium at a Senate meeting. And, you know, should we bring uh, knives back to the Senate and the House of Representatives? I think, you know, no. no okay, maybe no, too soon. Canes. The dictator <laughs> fell, bleeding to his death from 23 stab wounds before the horrified eyes of the rest of the House. It was a little afternoon on the Ides of March, as the Romans called the midday of the month. The spectators didn't know it yet, but they were witnessing the last hours of the Roman Republic. But who was to blame? As readers of William Shakespeare know, a dying Caesar too, uh, turned to one of the assassins and condemned him with his last breath. It was Caesar's friend, Marcus Junius Brutus. Um, the worst traitor was another man, Decimus Junius Brutus Albinus. Hmm. Decimus. Decimus was a distant cousin of Marcus Brutus because Shakespeare all but leaves him out of the story. Decimus is the forgotten assassin. In fact, he was essential. And there's more information on that if you go to history uh, to um, the facebook.com slash history bros pod and uh, you can see it on there. Outstanding yep. work. Outstanding work there. But yeah, that was um, nice plug too. I was, um, uh, when I was in sixth grade, we did uh, Julius Caesar, and I played Brutus. I'm not surprised. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean. What, is well, that? what does I, that mean? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I took a stab at it. Well, you, oh, there it can, is. It's all you can do. <laughs> the, the real question is, did, eh, never mind, that's, that's maybe going too far. Yeah, because we're well, known cause that's for a... like staying behind the line. <laughs> well, really, really keeping it held back. <laughs> All right, March 14th, 1794, Eli Whitney of the Eli Whitney Band. <laughs> Just kidding. No, it is uh, granted a U.S. patent for the cotton gin. Probably one of the worst tasting gins I've had. That's that's fair. That's fair. I mean, it's you can try. It doesn't go well in the cocktail. Super uh, dry. <laughs> way just like puckers you up. <laughs> no, the cotton gin. It's a machine that uh, vastly simplifies cotton harvesting. Did absolutely revolutionize um, this the harvest production. It will lead to huge profits for the cotton-rich South, but will also increase the demand for slaves to pick the expanded cotton crops 
All right. The mm-hmm. more you know. <laughs> there we go. Oh, it's my turn. Oh, yes. hello. <laughs> March 11th of 1818. English author Mary Shelley, just 21 at the time, releases her debut novel, Frankenstein? Oh, Frankenstein. <laughs> Frankenstein, or The Modern Prometheus. The classic work will be considered the first science fiction novel and spawn countless adaptations. Frau Blucher. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. That is one of my favorite movies. I do love that movie a lot. That movie is, it is absolutely it's pretty funny. Oh, um, I, can't, I can't imagine trying to keep a straight face while filming some of these things. Gene Wilder. <laughs> You know, R.I.P. He was just so he was such a genius mm-hmm. in all of those movies. And you, you know where he went to college? The University of Iowa. Hmm. M- Marty Sorry Feldman. To hear that. Marty Feldman is Frankenstein. Yeah, but yeah, but he probably went to school to become an accountant. So go figure. Uh, right. <laughs> Marty Feldman is hilarious. No, it's pronounced Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. It's Frederick. So say, Frederick. Oh. <laughs> Frederick. That's a plays in the background. Frederick I can barely hear it. That's okay. Uh, let's <laughs> we uh, roll on. March 10th, 1864. Hoping to improve upon a string of mediocre commanders in the Union's fight against the Confederacy in the, Mer- in the American Civil War. Wow. Easy for you to say. I know. President Abraham Lincoln promotes Ulysses S. Grant to lieutenant general of the U.S. Army. Grant's aggressive fighting strategy will prove decisive in helping to secure the Union victory. Huzzah. Aggressive fighter. Huzzah. Aggressive drinker. <laughs> hey, whatever uh, kicks this, the South's butt. Mm. Well, mm. Um, just, <laughs> apparently just steam-powered machinery was enough. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Um, right. uh, mm, uh, Hatfield, March 13th, 1868. <laughs> President Andrew Johnson's uh, also from North Carolina, born in Raleigh, uh, which didn't choose to close their schools up until the governor did his thing. Uh, Andrew Johnson's <laughs> lax attitude towards Reconstruction has raised the ire of Republicans who feel he should be tougher on the South. Um, after the Civil War, um, there was a discussion as to how, what were we going to do with the South? And mm-hmm. there were different plans that came about. Um, some of them were like, well, we should not allow anybody that participated in the Civil War who fought for the Confederacy. We should not allow them to hold office or vote. Um, there were other... Uh, plans. Uh, un- this is under obviously uh, considered Reconstruction. Um, there were other things that that people really wanted to punish people in the South, and Andrew Johnson uh, kind of gave them a little bit of an easier pathway in. That uh, you basically and ultimately, and this is actually in the North Carolina State Constitution, that we are no longer allowed to secede from the United States. We oh, wow. no longer have that power in our state constitution. Um, we also had to change one of the dates on our flag. Really? Because we had one of the dates, uh, the date that we uh, decided to secede. 
And apparently they were like, no, we're not going to let you honor that anymore. (laughs) So uh, we had to take that down. So anyway, so um, Andrew Johnson, um, and I think it was, wait, it wasn't, who was it that came in after him that basically stopped Reconstruction? Well, Grant was one of them. Stopped? No, he kept it going. It's the one, it's after that. It's, um... Yeah, somebody just decided, hey, if you guys vote for me, and I can't think of Hang who on. it is. It's uh, oh, election of 1876. Hang on. But he basically said, if you guys elect me, Hayes. I'll pull all the Union troops out of the South, and you guys can you know, Pre- basically start you know, this whole, what we will soon call Jim Crow. President and, um, Rutherford B. Hayes. Yeah, that's it, Rutherford B. Hayes. Mm. Um. The impeachment trial in the Senate, which begins on this day in uh, 1868, considers whether Johnson has violated the Tenure of the Office Act, uh, and Johnson will avoid being thrown out of office by one single vote. So Andrew Johnson is the first, was he the first president to be impeached? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Now he's not, now Jackson was, I think, censured. But I don't think they did. They brought impeachment uh, proceedings against him. But yeah, Johnson is the first one to be correct yep. uh, to be impeached. But he will be acquitted. Um, all and all presidential impeachments have led to uh, acquittals. <laughs> yep. Thus far. So. Yep. Okay. I suppose I got another one to do here, don't I? Uh, March 9th of 1945. U.S. warplanes begin dropping over 1,600 tons of bombs. On Tokyo, Japan, the most destructive single firestorm in history begins and will kill up to 130,000 people. 130,000 people, yeah, including civilians and leave a million homeless. Wow. 1,600 tons of bombs creating the most destructive single firestorm in history still killed fewer people than what would ultimately than the atomic bomb that dropped over Hiroshima. Exactly, yeah. It's crazy. Right. That's crazy. So can anybody explain what a firestorm is? Can we talk? The word gets used loosely, and I have a pretty good understanding of what it is. Do you guys, like, officially know what it is? Well, isn't that the use of incendiary mixtures, like napalm and things like that? To an extent. Yeah, I was under the impression that it's basically when um, you have so much fire, essentially, that... um, I mean, it just it creates uh, some. I, I I was under the impression. I don't know the details. I don't know if it was incendiary, but I mean, it, I, it would make sense. But I was under the impression that once you know they bomb, and then you got fires, and then more bombs and fires, and the intensity of the fires gets to be so uh, bad that it literally creates like almost a storm, Correct. where you've got you know embers and things like almost raining down sure. and well, causing more fires, which causes. Uh, Here's what's going on, and and bas- you know, I know this because I'm a, I'm a firefighter sometimes, sort of, kind of sometimes. Anyway, now I'm I'm gonna say yeah. Why why are you asking us? You're the fire guy out of all of us. So basically, it, it's kind of the same type of thing of why you see the mushroom cloud effect when you drop a, an, an atomic bomb. Basically, what happens is with a fire. You, you know, you've heard of the fire triangle or the fire tetrahedron. Now they call it. You have to have fuel, oxygen, and heat so basically what happens here is you've got all kinds of fuel and you've got bombs dropping and maybe some of them are incendiaries or some of them just caused fires 
but it caused enough of a fire to get it going. So you have all kinds of heat. And so what happens with some of these with a fire, like in a compartment, you know, the movie Backdraft is you know, they did a, didn't exactly set it up the way it's supposed to. But the idea is that like you know the, the conditions that lead to a backdraft are you've got a fire in a compartment, it's got all the heat, it's got all the fuel it needs, but the oxygen has been used up, so it's starved. And so somehow the outside exterior wall fractures or door open, window breaks, whatever. So it basically, the fire sucks this in. Um, it, it, some of it's because of low pressure and some of it's because it's, it's just looking for air. So the fire sure. exactly itself will chase air as well as the low pressure fo- forcing everything in. So that's what you run into with this is you get a big enough fire. It can cause a low pressure, which is what storms are in general. So it, that ah, so that's okay. part of it. But then you also get wind as the fire is basically chasing air and trying to suck it back in, which is also part of this low pressure issue. But then, you know, you see it come flying back out as the fire itself is literally chasing that oxygen to be able to. to yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. According to SciJinx.gov, uh, yeah, it talks about how heat will rise. And since nature hates a vacuum, uh, that means that empty spaces don't stay empty for long. Correct. And therefore, sure. the quickly rising in the fire and all this heat moves up for it, it leaves behind some empty space. And then you have that air rushing in and it creates its own weather system, its own winds and tornadoes in some cases. And um, it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Hmm. Sure. In some cases, the rising air can be so fast it creates a fire whirl, also known as a fire tornado. Mm-hmm. Um. And fire clouds, as the smoke from the fire rises, it condenses. When it reaches the upper atmosphere, the water comes from moisture already in the atmosphere, as well as the water evaporating from the burned plants, fueling the fire. The cloud that forms is called a pyrocumulus, which Mm. means fire cloud. If the fire Uh, is big enough, it will form a pyrocumulonimbus, or a fire storm cloud. This can produce lightning, which could set off even more fires. Sure, I believe it. So, yeah, that's um, again, that's crazy. It, it all has to do with with pressure, and it was interesting because I was talking to my students about this stuff the other day. We got to talking just about pressure in, in general, and that's the thing is like, like I, I, we get done with. It, I said, yeah, I bet you didn't expect to talk thermodynamics and. Uh, hydraulics in social studies class <laughs> like what I'm like that's all this stuff is it's just it's really basic th- thermodynamics and really basic uh fluidity not fluidity but hyd- hydraulics i mean high pressure goes mm. to low pressure every time it's a high pressure system high pressure system <laughs> well that was quoting brick Amway. oh <laughs> okay all right well anyway so yeah, that's yeah. So uh, that's uh, that's that's crazy stuff, man. I mean, God bless you for being able to go in there and you know oh, being I, a firefighter. I don't do were. that part for the most part. Usually, I let the you know other people. No, I'm kidding. I, I've I've made entry into one fire, and it wasn't a really nasty mm-hmm. one. I was only a few feet into the side of the door. I'll be honest with you. I'm not in the best of physical shape, as you guys have seen. Many others may have not seen. Uh, you're not. I'm not the guy you want to have to drag in there doing CPR <laughs> when I've been in there for five minutes. I'm like, holy crap, this is stupid. <laughs> you're gonna have a hard time getting me out. 
I I I disagree because when we were at Colonial Williamsburg, I did see you um, lift that uh, the front of a tractor trailer off of a young family who <laughs> pinned and screaming for help. They, they were pinned, you know, because they were. <laughs> You know, it's Colonial Williamsburg. You see tractor trailers all the time. <laughs> yeah, right. Just right outside the blacksmith shop. <laughs> well, sure. They gave me a, a good lever to work with. <laughs> Jeez. Goodness gracious. I have you no realize these, these jokes about. are so far in the weeds, man. <laughs> I appreciate like, the credit, like man. one person out of the dozens and dozens that listen to this show that's like, oh, that's a great one. <laughs> It's, it's kind of like you know, I don't know if you, if you used to listen to car talk and they said, "Yeah, how about checking that blinker fluid?" You know, or some kind of stuff, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's is that funny?" Is that, I don't understand. Did I check my blinker fluid? You don't know what blinker fluid is? Oh my gosh! Seriously, happy? You don't know what, what blinker fluid is? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's tears. No, seriously, you need to check that like yeah. often. Yeah, you know what? I'll get right on it right after um, you uh, check your deer corn or whatever. The, the <laughs> deer corn is an actual thing, I know, but yes, yes, I'll yes. change it right after I look at my muffler bearings. It's not, not well, no, that, you got to watch yeah. out for that too. But it actually, the thing that's been really like been having <laughs> trouble lately is the the reflector belts. They've been falling mm-hmm. off really mm-hmm. badly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Apparently. Yep. Yeah. And it sounds like it's mostly on certain vehicles. But, yeah. No, the reflector belts have been absolutely nuts because when they fall off, like, it it screws stuff up bad. It's, like, really unsafe. So you need to be checking your, your reflector For belts. For those of you who are lawyers <laughs> listening to this show right now, we are now uh, going to list along the bottom of our podcast that Jason Rude is not a licensed mechanic. <laughs> Right, right. It's all facetious, people. Don't sue us. Right. (laughs) It's all done in jest. Right. In jest. I didn't ingest anything. Well, we um we have a pretty big um show today. Um, This is big doings. This big time right here. So today, Tom Hanks is coming. um, Tom Hanks. You finally got Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Yeah, the next best thing. The next best thing. Oh, okay. So when we come back from the break, um, we uh, Rude has been talking about wanting to discuss um, the film and the process behind films. But um, I happen to reach out to a friend of mine who um, has been doing very, very well. Um, but he is also um, he's also been in a number of uh, historic films as well. Um, uh, right off the top of my head, he's done Hidden Figures. Um, he was in uh, also Birth of a Nation. Uh, he also had a character in The Walking Dead, which um, uh, his character dies. And I wanted to talk to him about what's it like being uh, eaten by zombies. <laughs> Um, but uh, valid, we also, right. Um, but he also was in uh, the conspirator with me. Uh, my very first oh, day on set, God. and I were we, here. Here we go. Here so, we go. <laughs> so I mean, before long, we'll have the entire cast of the conspirator <laughs> on the show. It might take a while. Um, Robert Redford might be a, a hard nut to crack, but you know, we'll um, we'll eventually 
We'll eventually get there. He's not cast, though. Well, well yeah. Are you going to? It's kind of like saying, hey, let's do 1970, no. but Sam Mendez? No, we're not going to do that. Hey, Who's that? I don't you know who the guy is. He wasn't in his the movie. Vision. His vision. <laughs> Roy Hobbs. But no, so we'll bring him on and we'll talk to him about uh, some of his um, experiences and um, uh, possibly what it's like doing um, regular films and what it's like doing as opposed to, say, historic films, like getting eaten by zombies or <laughs> helping with NASA missions. Right. All right. Well, so, uh, how about we bring him on here in uh, about 45 seconds? Sounds good. Sounds great. All right, grab what you need. We'll be back in 45. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. Can't Welcome touch back, this. everybody, out of the break. And uh, this song is appropriate for so many reasons. Because, number one, you can't touch us. We have socially distanced ourselves <laughs> so much so that we are across the country. We couldn't touch each other if we wanted to, and believe me, uh, I think no, Hatfield wants chance. to touch me, mostly with his fist. Don't worry, it's a fist bump. It's just not to, to the fist. But it's well, also... the thing is, is that, well, what you're leaving out, uh, for those of you watching at home, <laughs> is the, uh, the video actually has MC Hammer pointing to his face. Right, exactly. <laughs> and what's more is you can't touch this because this episode is off the hook because I am so excited. We have Cullen Moss joining us. Cullen Moss, excuse me, joining us. And we finally got an actor on this podcast. Woo! Finally. Oh, wow. wait. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> From a pig farmer, that, that's just something. <laughs> I have been so, waiting yeah. days so, um, to say that. <laughs> Welcome, rude. Cullen. Let's, let's, not, let's not talk with our mouth open. <laughs> so, um, Colin, Colin, uh, Colin Moss and I have known each other for a number of years. We met in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, and um, we've done uh, a few shows together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and none that I remember. Um, we <laughs> we do what? Mm. Yeah, none none that, that I remember. Part. I'd say I'd say that you've known me for many. years. Okay, I've known. <laughs> I've known. Right, right. I've been. He's. I've. He's recognized me from a distance. But um, no, we did. Uh, was it Linda Lavin directed uh, a show for Opera House? I think that was the first show that you and I had done together. Wait, the man who came to dinner. Yes, the man who came to the dinner. Man who came to dinner. Um, and we did. We did Debbie Does Dallas the Musical. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that oh, on here once. Oh, boy. Yes. I, how can I forget that? Okay, listen. <laughs> let me just say, so let me just say, Colin, what, I saw that. The, they Believe it or not, it was done twice in Wilmington. <laughs> Colin we was in it both times. Debbie got done twice? No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> so these two nuns. So anyway, um, <laughs> Colin was hilarious in those. He played it like absolutely to a T. I mean, it was he was hilarious both times. It was it was it's a it's a hilarious show. Um, if you get a chance to, I don't know how often it's ever done anywhere, but it's um, so, so funny though. I wonder yeah, if I met my wife. Uh... That's how I met my wife. She, oh, she wow. was Tammy, 
and I was Rick, and uh, the future was written. Hey, if if <laughs> we we discussed it's a, that, it's on a good here. story for the kids. No, not. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be off stage watching mommy get it from two other girls. <laughs> oh my God. Sam Robinson watched and I don't know, enjoyed it. <laughs> wow. Wow. Let's, let's make sure to tag Sam in, uh, in, this, in this episode. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, but anyway, Colin um, has. Um, he's, uh, gone on and has done, uh, a lot of amazing work. Uh, some of you may, um, recognize him. Well, well he, there's not a picture of him up. This is a podcast, but right. some of you may remember the dulcet tone <laughs> of his voice, um, from, uh, Dolly Parton's Heartstrings. Oh, come on. Uh, TV series. Oh, come on. Th- I'm looking at his Wikipedia page right now. There's better things than that. He's got a Wikipedia page. Or Bobcat Goldthwaite's Misfits and Monsters. Hatfield, you're not the only one with a Wikipedia page. Yeah. Calm down. Uh, come on, See, Hatfield. now I don't. I feel threatened. I feel threatened is what it is. I, I, what I'm saying is there's more in his than there's on, on yours. No, oh. but, in, um, but he, um, he has been in um, One Tree Hill. Um, he has been in uh, something that um, was actually was really big recently was uh, Hidden Figures. Um, he was also on The Walking Dead. So, um, welcome, Colin, to the uh, History Bro. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for having me. I've, I've enjoyed the the podcasts that I've listened to. All right. <laughs> we have podcasts uh-huh. <laughs> that you listened to. I like podcasts in general. And when I listen to other podcasts, I imagine that it's you three. And uh, they're just as good. That's super weird. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I've known Colin for a while. This is not as weird as he can. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm look like in all seriousness. And, and I mean, I've got some here that I, I want to talk about. Well, so obviously the conspirator that uh, um, uh, Jason and I worked on together. Yeah. He rode your coattails on. And, Jason uh, Hill. Oh, oh, sorry. It's well. It's not. It's, there's only two Jasons on this show, so you just it wasn't that. me. But like the odd life, <laughs> I'm looking at the odd life of Timothy Green. I've seen uh, Hidden Figures. We use that one. We <laughs> we use that one in school every year. Um, yep. The Highwaymen. That one is one of my favorite movies from the last couple. I years. was mostly cut out of that. Really? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. You can barely see me in the background of this of the one scene that I used to be in. I'm sorry. <laughs> so. I did not mean to bring up sore. No, no, no. It was only mostly cut. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, yeah. The the moil was a little off that day. So. Um, so uh, you know what uh, that that brings us to the my first question then. For for okay. the real actor in the room today, oh boy! Uh, and have feels uh, someone's going to fight. We're going to fight. <laughs> Social distancing—that's why we're doing it. Well, Colin's out of the Colin and I. Colin's the real actor, and rude out of you and I. I'm the real teacher. No, oh, no. I don't. So I don't. Go. I don't argue that. You're you're probably right. <laughs> no. Anyway, but- ask your question. <laughs> So that's the thing is, and, and truthfully, Hatfield, I think all these you could jump in on too, uh, but just let Cullen go first. Oh, uh, no, no, this is all you. <laughs> um, you know, w- when you get cast for a movie, you know, what, whatever the part may be, 
obviously the, uh, the the director and editors and and I don't even know what all the different parts are. I mean, I, you guys could explain that way better. But I mean, there's choices that are made that what goes in. How frustrating is it to have some you know to go and and, and go through the process, film, do the whole thing, and all of a sudden he's like, what the hell? That's that's all that's in here. Um, enough frustrating. Um, it is uh, <laughs> just enough. Just not too it's much. Not enough. too frustrating. Just enough. <laughs> Um, but not yet, yeah, not enough to make me quit. Sure. Um, but, it, uh, it's, it is frustrating, but I, but you know, I've, I've come to understand like that, you know, that it's rarely personal if ever, mm -hmm. uh, and, and that it's usually motivated uh, by wanting to push the story forward and, and, you know, and it's almost to the point now, like I've, when I'm in a scene, I can kind of gauge whether or not that scene is in danger of being cut. I can go and say, okay, this sort of feels like the, 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 the scene before the real scene starts. Sure. <laughs> and this is superfluous. This is a cool little scene. Does it move the story forward? Nope. They could jump 10 minutes ahead to X, Y, or Z. And it's the same story and it's moving faster. Sure. So, I mean, I, uh, and, and, and honestly, when I did Highwaymen, I felt like I felt that about that scene. I was like, oh, this is so cool. And it was a cool little scene with um, Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson coming up to the car and asking for their credentials stuff. But then I realized that the real scene doesn't really, you know, like the, the meat of it doesn't start until I've walked away from the car. Sure. And, um, and I was like, OK, yeah, this this might not still be there. Well, it's let me well, let me ask you that. There's um there's I mean there's a couple of things that I want to ask. One uh, reference is backting, which is of course acting with the camera facing your back, so it's over <laughs> your so it's called backting. What is your thoughts on working with people such as um? What is know? my thoughts? Well, uh, yeah. Well, what are? Excuse me. What are your thoughts? Like, do you do you do you go up to introduce yourself, or is it the kind of thing that you're like? I mean, do you feel like it's a professional thing, or do you, you know, or do working you just with, just working with anyone? Oh uh, well, you know, just, Kevin Costner. Anybody that I'm a, in a scene with, I want I I, I introduce myself to. I did on on Hidden Figures. Um, I was in makeup with Kevin Costner, and I said, "Hey, I'm Cullen Moss. Um, we we've got some work together coming up." and He's like, oh, Kevin Costner, and he's like, who are you playing? And I and I said, who I'm playing? He said, great, we're gonna have a good time. And um, he was mostly right. Um, and mostly. Uh, he was he was he was cool as hell. He actually when he so he, when he came on set for Highwaymen, we'd already done hitting figures, and he's walking on a set. I'm in my cops uniform again, and um, <laughs> I've played a lot of uh, of officers of the law of did you have a did you have L a sucker in this particular L i had no sucker no i was okay. i was um no i was the i was the oklahoma cop that was the esteemed <laughs> title of this character and um anyway in my uniform and i walked up to him and as he's approaching and i said hey i said i'm i said i don't know if you remember me i'm cullen moss i'm and he was like hi kevin <laughs> hi kevin Kaufner. how are you and i was like well i said i i said We've actually met. I said we worked together on Hidden Figures. He's like, "Oh my god, yeah, of course." And he was like, "You," and so he did. He remembered me, and he was like, "Man," he said, uh, 
you did really nice work on that. He said, you know, when I watched that, he said, you really do stand. He was really sweet and said all these things. He didn't have to say. And I, and it was this tiny role that I was doing in Highwaymen. And uh, the director had re- hadn't spoken to me much. We'd introduced ourselves. But Kevin walks over to the director, and I'm back hanging with everybody. And the director comes over to me after a while, and he said, hey, Cohen. He said, I, so he, I just, just want to let you know. He said, Kevin just told me you guys worked together before, and he speaks very highly of you. And, uh, and that was just like he certainly didn't have to go and do that, and he right, did. Right. That's awesome. And, uh, and it didn't save me from getting cut. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> he spoke very highly of you, and you didn't measure up. <laughs> I think the rest of that, the what he said was actually, you know, Kevin Costner told me that you guys work together, and he wants you to stay as far away as possible. <laughs> you're kind of being a little creepy. <laughs> he asked if you would socially distance yourself. <laughs> the lines from the other side of the road the thing that's great about cullen is cullen truly is a hipster because he was doing social distancing long before it was Way before it was cool right <laughs> um so oklahoma cop what are uh what are some other uh wonderful names of like for example um one um, of my favorite names of a character i played was pug Pugman. Pugman. So Pugman was one because I was feeding a pug French fry. So what are some of those? I've played man, <laughs> um, and that was and that was in uh, the uh, I think I think it was just man that was in Birth of a Nation, the mo- the most recent one. Um, <laughs> right. and, uh, played man in that. I played. I'm sure. I've, I'm sure I've played cop number two. I've played young <laughs> white officer. Um, <laughs> um, uh, cop. You also played a little. You you also played Ronald Dump. I did. Yes, I also played Ronald Dump. Best betrayal. Yeah, I did. That was. He, he, um, you do a, you do a very good Donald Trump. I I gotta admit you you do. <laughs> Donald Trump impersonation, but um, so um um, what what are your thoughts since this is the history bros? What are some of your thoughts concerning um? Are there any major differences uh, doing something in uh, a period, like uh, for example, um, conspirator or hidden figures or a birth of a nation versus something yeah, that is another period piece oh yeah oh yeah tell us about that underground under uh the underground railroad uh based on the colson whitehead novel that i haven't read um (laughs) um, (laughs) my research um and and that one is is um historical it's like set in 1850 ish um but and it's supposing that the underground rail it's historical fiction and or, or uh, it's that magic realism stuff where it's supposing that the underground railroad was this actual physical underground railroad that was being built and huh. um okay it's um it's it's an interesting premise and uh hmm. following one runaway slave um in particular and her um and the and the slave catcher that's doggedly after her uh, wow. No, is this what you were just in uh, Germany? This is what I just did. 
No, that was something. Um, what? So this this thing is um, is based on a novel, and it's going to be a limited series for Amazon Prime. And Barry Jenkins uh, wrote the adaptation and directed the whole thing. As, and it's I think it's still in production. And I don't know when it comes out, but I got a really nice episode in that where I don't play an absolute racist. You have a knack of playing these sort of. Um... We'll say we'll just say quirky character. <laughs> that is so kind. Um, <laughs> we'll need to delve more into the ginger ale guy momentarily, but uh, but yeah, right yeah. now we'll, we'll talk um, about. But are you, are you just talking about the the differences in being in in a period piece and being and being in a contemporary piece, like as far as the experience or or what? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, is there? Uh, do you feel like? there is a difference to the language is there more prep for the costuming do you feel like there's yeah just your experiences in those i mean i'm not saying which one do you like better or not i'm just saying is the is there is there a different is there a difference or is there not yeah yeah well there's there's definitely a difference in the language and you don't want to have necessarily unless unless it's a specific direction to do that to have like a modern demeanor <clears throat> in a in a period piece i think i just feel like people have um you know we've we've evolved socially to kind of to to where we are now um and you know re independent regional and um all that too uh but yeah you don't you don't want to be you you have to you have to pay attention to the language and you have to respect the language in the way that it and that it is spoken and um and the way you, I don't know, the way you hold yourselves, the, the way you, uh, whatever you you're. It's like you can't really riff Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> I can't. Uh, oh. <laughs> but I know people who can. <laughs> sure. From what I've heard, well, you man, just basically. Buddy. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. No, well, I, I think from what I've heard, if you just say, low, let us hunker down a while, um, that's usually a good. <laughs> um, you know just oh, I bring up my line and you know that sounds good <laughs> so <I> guess, <laughs> no, you, can, you know actually um this uh barry barry oh bear me and bear bear i call him care bear on the set um yeah, barry jenkins academy award winner barry jenkins um <laughs> when he was directing me um he couldn't have been more um, happy to direct me. He was so happy to have me um, <laughs> around. And he said, Cullen, you're a gift to this set, and I wish you were in every episode, every moment, and I'm lying. Um, but, um, <laughs> no, he, but, he, but he did, he was, he actually did open it up for, for improv. But when you do that, you know, you, you do, a, you have to be aware that you're in the 1850s and, you know, there's, there's, certain phrases and words that you're not going to use and and a certain cadence that you kind of have to keep i think for for the time and for the region i don't know we i was the the judge of the free state of indiana in uh, in uh, in the small town um of indiana um and he actually did let you know let us do a little riffing with it and you know i don't know what's going to make it the screen but he would just be like, "Yeah, have fun with it, man. Just you know, go where you think he'd go." Sure. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, but one thing about being in period pieces that I find is cool and 
different than being in a contemporary piece is that it's almost easier to that because there's so there there's so much attention paid to the costumes and uh and to the set you know you're surrounded by the 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 um the production design and and the the artistry that goes into the set design and 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 the the um art department every all the details that the art department throws in there um and, and the costuming you really are immersed that much more into the story i think you know if you're in a modern tale you it's all up to you kind of you know you're you're wearing stuff you might normally wear and you're surrounded by by things that are more familiar to you but when when you're in a period piece there's this whole world that's got to be built around you and so many people that are in on it mm. and in on creating that that specific time and i mean from hidden figures to uh to working on turn mm -hmm. to uh you know any of the like the numerous civil war era things that i did you're you're that much more immersed sure and i think and it's almost and it's almost easier to to get into character and believe that world when you have that much i don't know that much attention paid to it or around you than to your surroundings like you're like yeah. I'm, so, I'm in it so um, one of, yeah one of my cool. one of my questions for you was going to be do you feel pressure to really carry out the authenticity to it but it sounds like it is not necessarily pressure it's just kind of natural because of the settings the artistic side of it that's already been done before you even get to the stage yeah, I mean, there is a pressure to, and 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 just in a desire, I think, in any actor, I think Jason would agree that you just you want to honor the story that's being told, whatever it is, and even if you're playing a, which I often in period pieces I often am, um, you know, if I, if if I'm playing, whether whether it's Jack the Slave Catcher, or <laughs> or man who beats Nat Turner in the street for <laughs> talking to his child. Um, you know, like those are, it's, you know, it's a horrible reality and, uh, and it's something you, you cringe at having to portray, but you want to do it justice mm -hmm. and you want, you know, you want to tell the story that there's a reason that this, you know, that this brutal detail is being brought to light in this story. And it's because it was a reality and you don't want to dim that at all. And so bring it, you just, you have to bring it and hug your castmates when you're done. But do you yeah, think, I mean, that there, do you think that there's like a separation, like when you're on the set? So it's kind of like a no harm, no foul sort of thing. Do you, I mean, do you think that there, there could be some kind of like hard feelings or something like that? If you're not checking in with people? Well, there, there, there can be. And actually, <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, there, there, there can be. I think everybody's aware that you're all that you're all in it together and telling a story. But you know, there's the other end of it that you have, and I mean, not not to bring up an overused term, but uh, like when when I was doing um, when I was doing Underground Railroad, there was a very traumatic scene where there's this uh, a mostly black community, the meeting with this mostly black community where this atrocity occurs. And I was, and, and my character is a part of it. And you had, and and we we had to shoot this for days. Um, a lot of the the black actors in it, they were having to, to watch their the other members of this community be be killed and and by you know by white perpetrators and and uh, 
and there's 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 got you know it's a, it's got to be triggering and and it and it and it as one of the actors told me he was like man you know I he was having you know he was he was having a day he was having a rough day and I spoke and I during one of the breaks I was like man I said Are you, you doing okay he's like yeah he's like I'm all right man and he's like but I'm hoping they let me kill some <laughs> and and, and it, like he like he was like I need I need to get mine like he was like I you know I like it was just he was just even having even acting this and having to and having to witness just this kind of helpless situation that was that this scene was in and I hope I'm not giving too much away I'm not providing any other context other than uh, this is a, a movie about a runaway slave there are bound to be lots of horrible horrific situations um so and anyway I'm, i don't want to get any more specific than i have but he um he was like he was like yeah i uh i just he said i just i just hope they let you know they let i get, i hope i get to take out one of the attackers he's like i kind of need that <laughs> right sure. now. right right um, no, know, I do. Performer, and that his, you know, that it's got that it does take a toll on your psyche, and that that you do kind of need to check in. And, and this was one of the first sets where they actually had, they they had a um, a counselor on set. Really, for anybody oh, to wow. talk to. Wow. Um, and I'd, I've never been like even you know when I did Underground the WGN series, there was no counselor, um, and you know. Um, and I, I'm trying to think what, when else, you know, when, and when I did, uh, birth of a nation, there was no counselor. Maybe they, maybe there was on some of the headier scenes that I wasn't a part of. Um, well, I mean, but, there is, there's some truth to, um, like even doing shows back in Wilmington, you would, one of the big complaints that you would have from the African-American acting community is that, you know, it seems like the only time that they're ever cast in something or is as the servant or as, you know, the help or something along those lines that they're never, you know, they're never a lot of um, multiracial opportunities. And I think that, I mean, I think that's a, a fair concern and uh, thing to have. And when you're dealing with a historical uh, story. I mean, a lot of it will seems to typically deal with a lot of slavery issues, and it's yeah. you know, and and having your character constantly being you know spat on or threatened or whipped or that kind of stuff. I'm sure that's you know, there's a. I mean, it's all acting. You're all just telling yeah. a story, but um, you know, depending on the type of acting style that you have, I'm sure it can be very, uh, very exhausting. And inversely, or conversely, because I never can remember how to use the, which one. Um, on the on the flip side um, <laughs> of that, is that inversely or conversely? It's on the flip uh, side. I think uh, conversely is about shoes. <laughs> ah, right. So pertaining right. to shoes. Right. Um, no, that's correct. <laughs> um, it is about shoes. I was right. On, on, on the flip side, when doing Hidden Figures, um, Taraji Henson, who played Katherine Johnson, um, and that who was, you know, the uh, the lead, and that, like, I played her desk mate, and she had these, like, um, tough scenes and great and beautiful 
beautifully delivered like monologues you know and uh but she would she you know they'd call cut and she would and she was just so and she would just jump jump right out of it and just be and and be very light and fun and whatever and there was you know and she was able to kind of it just it depends on on the actor's process too i suppose sure you know because sure, she was sure. enduring, having to endure heavy stuff and and um and you know and whatever katherine johnson endured and then when they called cut she was taraji henson and having fun with everybody and on her phone and whatever um, well, well you bring up an interesting point what is what is the process that you have when you come to one of these my process is, I mean, and I, and I, this is such a funny thing that the, and, and Ian McKellen, like really, really set the bar when he did, uh, I don't know if you guys, if, if y'all have watched extras. Oh yes. But, yeah. Um, I mean, that, that was just, he hit the nail on the head. There's this episode where he's explaining the process to Ricky Gervais's character who plays a, a, a career extra who's trying to break into uh, getting uh, work as a speaking jobs as an actor. And, and he goes to audition for Ian McKellen, who's casting this play and he's talking about the process and he's over explaining everything. And, and, uh, but he's, you know, he's saying, he said, and, and I'm not, and I'm going to misquote this. He said, but you see, when they cast me as a wizard, I, I, I don't have magical powers. I am no wizard, but <laughs> I, when I arrive on set, I, I, I try to think what it would be like to be a wizard. I pretend to be a wizard. <laughs> and I just, and I merely speak the words that are on the page. On the day, you cannot look at the words on the page. But if, it, if you were to chart, if you were to see a graph, it would, you know, it would say, uh, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, action, you shall not pass! <laughs> Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian. And, so it's it is for me it really is so often I it is pretend it, it's just like what if I were this person what would I do if I, and and I you know and I do some I do some research I you know I read up about the time period if I'm in a different time period I you know I I I just I read the lines and I just and I try to you know, I I try to think of the of a voice of you know what this person's voice would be, um, and uh, and and I do. I it depends on the the nature of the scene too. Like I mean, if I if I am in a scene where I'm deeply moved or something, I sometimes I do. Like I try to separate. I try to socially distance myself from <laughs> from everybody, especially if you have a camaraderie with 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 castmates after a certain point and you're doing a particularly emotional scene, it is, it is hard sometimes to leap into something really intense. And so like, I'll, you know, I'll try to pull myself away from everything and try to keep this headspace of, of whatever, you know, whatever intense emotion that I have, or, you know, and I may not talk to, not talk to my, the buddies that I've made on set for a little bit, if it's something intense, but often the, <laughs> Often I'm not afforded the kind of role that requires that. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, I, so it is easy, you know, I know what I'm going to do. I know I've, I've learned my lines well enough and I've got a decent enough understanding of my character 
and, and that's the most important thing is know who you are. I mean, I guess, period, is just, just know, know who it is you're portraying so that when they call action, you've got your lines, and if somebody throws you a curveball, you can stay in that character and, and know what that character would, would say. And I guess it is important uh, because, like in some cases, like when we uh, when we worked on the conspirator together, we worked on an overnight. I remember I had just gotten to Savannah and I saw you in the parking lot of the Fairfield Inn that they were putting us up in. You had told me you're like, okay, here's the deal: stay up as late as you can and then sleep for as long as you can tomorrow because it's going to be a <laughs> night shoot. And, and I, I had never, this was the first film I'd ever worked on. So I'm kind of like, I hadn't slept in two days because I was already excited about getting this opportunity. So me staying up late wasn't just, this just wasn't going to happen. But um, and because you were taking all that ephedrine at the time. You right. Were taking right. right. Yeah. Was so, taking but, <laughs> honeybees and um, the black the, lightning. Right. Yeah. You know, just I was riding the train. No. And, um, <laughs> he was taking that trucker speed. And, um, so, so the first, the first, the dirty day, bathroom, you would buy this stuff. You would find right. that. But, you know, it's Savannah. So it was just like, you know, picking daisies. Everything all over the Um, and, well, honestly, the person who showed me all the places to buy it was Kevin Klein. I mean, I was just Whoa, whoa yeah. what? Kidding, just yeah. joking, just joking. Holy cow, calling out the guy from St. Louis. Easy now, it, easy it was, now. Uh, it was actually Robert Redford. He's the one there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So the first day of... For 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, well, so the first that that first day of shooting, we it was after Lincoln's been assassinated. They carry his body across the street. It was well and, after Lincoln had been assassinated. So how many years do you think? Yeah, we can say that about most projects we've been in. Right. <laughs> I'm talking about in the context of oh, the gotcha. film. That's, yeah. that's okay. well done, sir. That's well done. That was, no, yeah. He needs no encouragement, Geldmacher. You shut <laughs> up. <laughs> so, but we were sitting there and we're in someone's home, essentially, um, because they had formed this uh, the outside of this one little area to look like Ford's Theater. And um, they had rented this house. And so you have about two dozen people crammed into these two little rooms and you have the lights and you have all this stuff. And I mean, even though this was, I believe October, it was really, really hot in this room and it doesn't it look, I mean, yeah. But so, and we were shooting from, I don't know, it was probably 10 o'clock at night until about maybe seven or eight o'clock the next morning. And yeah, yeah. till the sun was coming up. Yeah. And it's, you know, till about once you, hit about three o'clock you're just you wind up hitting a wall so cullen and i knowing each other just started kind of goofing off and you know trying to like entertain everybody while they're resetting and doing all this stuff and looking at what had just been shot wait and hatfield 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 you weren't telling holocaust jokes were you 
No, we okay, were not. Telling Holocaust. That wasn't until like four thirty in the morning. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Five o'clock is World War Two atrocity. <laughs> that's when that's okay. No, but um. So yeah, when you have to be able to kind of step outside, and you know, because you have a bunch of people that are in costume just like you are, and. We are, you know, you're sitting Jason here dressed like a Victorian era Joker. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly a, a, a perfect description. Um, and you were, of course, in a union uniform, but you also had sideburns, which were very aka cop number two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was in uniform again. Yes, I was a union. I was. I was Stanton's officer, um, hmm. yeah. But and they gave me they gave me the mutton chops and and a and a big fake mustache. Right. Nice. <laughs> nice. But uh, but you know when you're in there for so long and it's hot, especially when you've got extras that don't get to say anything, they just have to kind of sit there and kind of respond or whatever like that. Then it just it gets to be really long, and sometimes you know you want to have you you need to be able to step out. You can't be um, I remember the woman playing Lincoln's wife. As soon as they would hit action, she would be back in the back room and would just start wailing, crying. <laughs> and you're thinking you're doing this for hours. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember Redford uh, saying, come on, we got to hurry up. She's going to, she's going to tire out. We got to, <laughs> you know, we got to move this along, move this along. Just and yes, feel she's like back you could crying and wailing. Just feel like you could Mary dub her Todd in later. Was just giving it her all. <laughs> Mary Todd was not giving up because she was she was doing it. Um, but uh, yeah, it was. Um, go ahead. And it was a little jarring. She but she she did sustain it so so with with such force and for so long that it like it was a little jarring to Kevin klein each time like each time he would hear it he'd be like oh dear lord <laughs> and someone sh you know, like he would he would like throw out these little ad libs like if he knew that the shot was done or if he knew like that it was blown or whatever he would be like and someone please shut her up and like, <laughs> uh, he was he was true man we were uh we were talking last night that um there was a the other uh, factor in that scene that was uh this where you know you come up and you're like you know it was john wilkes booth and there's a scene and then another character oh this is oh it's the uh how and he says how do you know and he says that you they performed with them dozens of times and he looks over your shoulder and there's this quick shot of the actor sitting on the couch and they it was at that time they said okay we're gonna take a look and only they can talk no one else in the room and I'm like, what, what do you what do you want us to say? And he's like, just I don't know, just say something. And so I was kind of like, this is my first time on a film set. Well, you know, <laughs> these, these two clowns are eating a cannibal. You know, I mean, that, <laughs> so, so does, that, does that work? That's that's not okay. We can't do that. That was the first take. They were like, no, less cannibal. <laughs> but there yeah. were cannibals and it wasn't an anachronism it was you know right but and clowns did eat cannibals back then there were two actually two infamous clowns of the time period that did eat cannibals right funny what? story 
Huh? So, um, so the we were talking uh, the the other um, person in the scene that comes up and starts talking about uh, John Surratt. Um, I don't know if it was because he was nervous. Um, he was a really, really, really nice guy, but he had a really rough time with the lines that he had in that scene. And yeah. he would get up and it would be like, uh, and he would start stammering and, you know, and we, I mean, it's, it's something that happens. You'll screw up and it's, you know, it, it will happen. And, um, he came up and it was, you know, it was a few takes before he finally started to, I guess, to catch his stride, but, um, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, it got to be a point where I think Kevin Klein was like, here, just, here's the line. I'll, I'll just, I'll just, I'll lead you along and you go ahead and <laughs> <laughs> and he did this why where was he <laughs> you don't see you know him. that that lincoln yeah, has you, just been assassinated him as one. like it was <laughs> it was it, like it, yeah, kevin klein was very gracious and helpful and yeah. this and trying to put this guy at ease too he's like just just, just say it to me just say it to me okay yeah you've got it you've got it okay we can go let's go again and then but he'd he'd, he'd leave something out and he'd be like and who was it that you saw? <laughs> and, it was, and the thing was is, is that we're sitting in the other room watching this take place because we're in the background. Yeah. And it gets to a point that everyone's giving each other like the side eye and stuff like that going. Because uh, we, I don't know who, you know, I had never met Kevin Klein, who, by the way, is a class act. He was, yeah. he was incredibly nice. And he was like Colin saying was being very generous to him, but uh, it was just kind of like, uh, yeah, we're just kind of like, uh, are they going to replace him in front of everybody? Are they going like, <laughs> to? Um, what is this going down? <laughs> I mean, it was you know, it wasn't. I mean, he wasn't reading Shakespeare, and uh, you know, it was. But yeah, that was a. It was a very I I experienced a lot of firsts just in that one you know day of that one night of shooting so so uh i also want to ask you because one of the characters that you got um a fair amount of publicity for was your uh, role in um uh, the walking dead mm -hmm. yes yep. You played, I have not, I started watching The Walking Dead and then about, I think three seasons in, I just, uh, for some reason, hopped off and never, but. Um, Great endorsement. And, Great endorsement. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, yeah. Obviously, I, you don't need my endorsement. That thing's been going on for years and years and years. But, um, <laughs> They're doing okay. You're, you're yeah. They, regardless of what I think, you know, it's not like, <laughs> uh, Where's that Jason Hatfield? He hasn't said something nice about us. So um, we'll see if he ever plays cop number two again. No, um, but you play this this police officer mm -hmm. that was had a sucker, and apparently you got a lot of a lot of a lot of grief for uh, well, not grief, but you got they loved to hate you. Oh yeah, yeah. People hated me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got I got cast as this as this um, guy who is an acting cop in like this kind of microcosmic civilization uh, that had come about in a in an old in a hospital that was being run by this hard cop Dawn, and I was one of her underlings. 
that would come in and recruit new civilians to the hospital. And it, yeah, so so I was a cop in this hospital where they'd bring people in and, and everybody would kind of have to buy their way into society through horrible, demeaning uh, ways. And, um, mm. and, you know, you prove your worth by you know succumbing to uh the the desires of of these rapey people anyway and i was one of them um, and I, I was, um rapey I was, cop yeah. number two well the, actually my i played officer gorman and mm-hmm. officer gorman became known in circles as officer mcrapey <laughs> uh, lo- yeah, lollipop cop. Um, uh, that's a completely different movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, let yeah, me ask and, you and, first. And it, was, it was like one of it was one of the series regulars who who winds up in this hospital. Like we quote unquote save her from this dangerous situation, but of course we expect you know her to show her. I expect her to you know, show her and prove her gratitude in horrific ways. And, and, um, and, and so it was one, anyway, it was one of the series regulars that I kind of, that I corner. Um, and there's a gross scene where I force a lollipop into her mouth and uh, <laughs> that I've, that I've found. And, um, and it's just, and it takes on other connotations. Well, and- let me let me ask you this. First of all, what was the audition like? Huh. The, and the audition. two, and two, what was it Did like? You say in, and two, well, two. There are two two questions. Yeah. One, yeah. And the second one was, uh, what was it like being eaten by zombies? Great question. So first, let what was the audition like? First one, Jason. Let me take that first yeah. one first. Let the boy um, talk. Yeah, I'm <laughs> about it. Um, it, those auditions are are really strange. It was not. It was certainly not the first audition I'd had for that show. I didn't come in until the fifth season, and I probably had auditioned multiple roles every season up until then. So that just that, that, there's something to be said for the rate of attrition in this industry. And there, and I'm sure there are other people that have auditioned for from the beginning till now who still haven't seen a role. Right. Right. Um, um, that's not the point. But when you get these auditions, uh, the show plays everything so close to the chest, you don't get real sides. You don't get a real character name. You get these dummy sides. And it's something, they give you a scene akin to what you might be per, per, portraying in the show. Sure. Um, so th- they'll give you something almost like uh what it's going to be in the show like for in this scene it was a it was it was a class reunion or uh or um like there was a frat party or something and i and i was yeah they'll usually try to mislead you with what's happening in the scene or something else yeah Yeah. and i was supposed to play some like lascivious like elder frat brother or something um (laughs) way elder um Oh my uh, God! Who, I think I auditioned for this too. Who who like sees a necklace or something? Who's like, hey, yeah, I found that necklace. Yes, so, uh, I had no yeah. idea that's what this was for. Okay, well, so, see, there you go. So that was Officer Gorman, and, wow. and the other role. Did you also read for the art? Uh, 
for like the guy who is a gallery owner. No. Uh, talking about like these these different art pieces. Um, well, so that role turns out is in the same episode that where my character showed up is the is this doctor um, who kind of rides a fuzzy line of of uh, morality <laughs> in the same hospital. And so anyway, yeah, it, it's the, those auditions were really strange and just just that you never you don't know exactly what you're reading for. And even when you get the role, you're not given a full script uh, because there's generally, because there's so much focus on keeping these secrets and, and not letting, you know, not letting plot lines out. So you're pretty much just given generally uh, what, what you're going to, what your character does. And so sometimes that's hard, you know, you want to know, where you stand in the context of a, of a larger story, and I and you know whether that's cheating or not, I I like to have that as, as far as knowing you know what purpose I serve in, in a larger sense, mm-hmm. and not just the scene. And it's and you know and and some I, I I go back and forth on how I feel about that. I'm like, well, I shouldn't pay attention because all that matters is what's happening in that moment, and I wouldn't play. You know, I never would play anything that, in a larger sense, because I don't know how, you know, nobody in their life knows the, they don't know, they don't always know what's going on all around them. And so anyway. Um, well, how, you, so, so how audition. creepy do you get in these auditions so, then? So, I mean, I get, I get creepy. I mean, I, I, I realized, I realized the guy was a creepy guy and I, there's almost something creepier when, the person doesn't know that they're creepy when they think, you know, when, when you don't twist the mustache and you don't, you know, and you're not uh, <laughs> playing the creepiness of it, you're playing somebody who just thinks that they're deserved of these things or, you know, these so you're not, that. so you're not wearing a woman's skin and dancing and naked in front of a mirror. But I did that for the audition. I did. Um, I did. I wore, I didn't wear anybody's skin per se. Okay. Um, um, so, well, then let's let's talk about getting eaten by zombies. Tell us so that. That was that. cool. <laughs> that was fun. Um, so, uh, so the, their special effects team is so cool over there. They um, so they they rigged up this whole neck deal, and and you couldn't even tell it was there. Um, it just looked like my neck, only a little fatter, <laughs> a little bit. I got a fat neck. Um, <laughs> But they they rigged it up, and and there's a tube going, like, down the back of my shirt, down my pants, so to that that they that they rigged to a big pneumatic squirter. It's a big. It shoot the blood quickly through it, through the through the the tubings. Mm-hmm. So you have arterial spurting. So the um the woman who played the zombie that eats me, spoiler alert, is um. In the episode, it's a former victim of mine, this woman who's tried to escape, and and I come in to try, like she's sawed her, she's she's tried to escape, and she's gotten eaten by, she's gotten bitten by a zombie, and we've caught her, and they've and they they call me in to help hold her down while they're sawing the her arm off that's been bitten by a zombie above the mm. wound, and she's like, and she's screaming at me, and like, and and it becomes apparent that she's a, a former victim of mine that I've 
done the same thing to her that I'm attempting to do Emily's character, whose real life character's name I can't remember. Right character's now. name um, is Beth. Uh, Beth. Yeah, Beth. <clears throat> so, and Nerd. and this character's name is Joan. But the um, Keisha, this this uh, woman Keisha, who who was the whale rider, and she was also in Game of Thrones. She was one of the um, she was one of the sand the sand scorpion like uh she was a badass in game of thrones anyway she had played whale rider she ultimately offs herself and and we don't realize in my final confrontation with beth um beth betters me and knocks me out and unbeknownst to both of us <laughs> my my former victim has been on the floor of this office where our fight takes place turning She's killed herself, and she's been turning into a zombie. And so the minute I hit the floor, fortuitously, she has made the full transformation and comes to just in, you know, comes to as a zombie just in time to see me hit the floor and smell my flesh. And so she goes in for the kill. Do they have to be trained in a way that they can bite or claw or something like that to be able to do she that? Was told, yeah, well, they just told her, they showed her, like, the target, like, where where to bite that she didn't have to bite. <laughs> Don't bite too deep. And But they, they score the, the fake skin. You know, you, you don't have to bite deep. You just kind of have to pull this off. You'll feel it. They've got it so, even if she'd bit a Anyway, every, they apply everything so well that it's um, not too hard to not mess up so yeah they but but i mean they have these layers i mean they put a layer that's a bladder kind of a blood that will fill out and then they put a layer down that looks like muscle and tendon and then they put the layer of skin over that and they score yes. that and then and it's scored so that the blood the you know the bladder of blood will come up through the tendon and muscle layer and then the <clears throat> once you tear away the skin part they know to start pumping the blood and so they do that and you know you, and you've got to writhe and and do stupid things like well, wait do i you know, do i gurgle do i scream i would scream right and they're like, no she's bitten your vocal cord but, I'm like, but she didn't um, <laughs> and, um i would probably holler um <laughs> <you know. laughs> But they were like, nah, she did. Don't holler. Just, eh, just all that. And um, so, you know, whatever the reality is that they choose to embrace, you follow. <laughs> and, it's, and it's just fun. You, you know, you're sitting there, <laughs> lying, you're lying there waiting to get bitten. And you, and you get bitten and you pretend that your neck's getting ripped out. And, um, how many, and how many takes did they, did they have to do? Uh, well, we were pretty limited uh, because, you know, it takes a long time to apply all this stuff. Yeah, so right. really, that one bite, I mean, that was, that's one, that's really one take. Okay. Um, so I'm awesome. <laughs> um, well, there's a, there's a, an image that I stumbled across of you. It's uh, what I assume is your, uh, dead body uh in this scene and it's kind of over your left shoulder and you're opened up your chest is opened up there's a you know there's not much left of you in the torso area is that you is that a is that a like a they do that special effects yeah. dummy 
did they do that to me? I'm trying to remember. Like, I mean, if it, if it's not you, it's a, it's an excellent likeness of you. It's very possible that it was a dummy that was made up to to look like you. I don't know. Send send that to me, would you? Sure, and, absolutely. Um, and and they they may um they did do. I'm I'm just trying to remember, like, because it was it it took a while, and I'm trying to remember how many iterations of this they did. So they did the thing where she bites me in the blood spurts, and that was pretty much one take. And they may have done another one of just after she'd bitten me of like pumping the blood out another take of just pumping the blood through the thing. But then they do, they do another take after that, where she actually, they give, they use barbecue and fake blood and stuff <laughs> where they have her like pulling meat out of my yeah. neck. Um, <laughs> uh, and they use barbecue in this delicious fake blood concoction. Um, <laughs> and then, so they did those but then there's there's after they've killed her like so where i guess we're you know beth flees the scene and then it cuts to um dawn like the and and the doctor coming back in the scene and and i had to just lie there dead and i think they did put some kind of application some kind of other application as if these the zombie had continued <laughs> on the path of, of eating me, but yeah, they had some yeah. other, um, I'm, I'm, I think I'm remembering correctly. That yeah. They did I, um, effects I just, on me. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that's totally me. Yeah. Nice. They did do that. That's with it. Like that's as awesome. if they like pulled my ribs apart and, and like <laughs> dove into my, as if she dove into my guts. That's awesome. Yeah, I think they actually did put like something, something there. It's it's so hard to tell now because they do they do a, so much in post now, like with with digital effects as far as the blood okay. splatter gotcha. and all that stuff. Um, they really a lot of that's done in post. Is it digital? So it's fun. <clears throat> well, my stuff that is I don't think I think that was mostly. A prosthetic, a, like a a piece that they put down on me. Mostly sure. it was, but then the ribs I are yours. So. They may have enhanced a little <laughs> bit. Um, but like like with all the blood splatter, like when she bites my neck, all that was practical. But so much of that now, like when they're fighting, when they're out in the field fighting zombies and stuff like that. There's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A, lot a lot of that. that that's dig digital yeah. blood splatter and yep. Um, it's crazy how. How much is everything? Everything is like that. Like when I did happen, Leonard. Like I thought I was. I was like, oh, cool. I'm gonna get all. Uh, I I met, you know, a kind of a a bloody end in that. And spoiler was, alert. No, oh, jeez. I mean, I had a bloody incident. And it <laughs> might have had to do with my stool. <laughs> it might have had to do with a gunshot to my neck. Oh um, no. And um. And uh. But with that, I was I, I was kind of looking forward to you know I I like all the practical effects and stuff. I think that all that stuff's like so cool, and uh, and admire the artistry of that. And so I was looking forward to it. And I was like, okay, we gotta we gotta get squibbed up or really. And they're like, nah, you're just gonna make believe. <laughs> and I was like, oh like, yeah yeah, we're we're gonna take care of all that in post. And that's cheating. That's 
<laughs> so so in make believe you get shot and then you're like oh i'm in narnia and then you act like you're like a part goat and then or is it just like what yes, do you mean with yes. yeah part oh, goat which that uh, makes sense which, which is um is it a satyr no that's a jewish that. thing i think <laughs> <laughs> and you and you eat the parsley and the um and then you have the minced apple with the the hamantash. Yes. Is that the same goat that you use to spread the blood of the doorpost? Is that the same? Is that not the same? That's a lamb. No? Perhaps. Whatever. Perhaps. Okay. Okay. Oh, see, so, we're nitpicking um, now. We're nitpicking. <laughs> let me. Uh, so let me ask you: What is probably one of the worst auditions that you probably ever had? Oh God. Because I, I, I was telling the guys about uh, not getting, not having any sexual in an audition that I had when pardon? I was in college. Not having any sex oh, appeal. Sex appeal. <laughs> uh, yes, right. yes. Well, I mean, you could go with the worst as in like the the worst, like the thing that you thought you were close to and didn't get. Sorry. I'm, uh, <laughs> guess my you're tending bar. <laughs> There you go, pal. Yep. I'll tell you right here. Don't worry about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. You too. Um, anyway. Um, I don't know what's happening. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, I was bartending. That was me bartending. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, right. Okay. And I, and I don't know. And I, and I like to pretend that I'm not, that, that I'm from Boston or something when I do that. Um, okay, that's okay. Okay. Boston-ish. Um, <laughs> so one of the worst auditions. I don't know. I here's the. Uh, I'll I'll say the category of worst auditions are the ones. So when we get these auditions, guys, they they have these notes that say, um, "Please keep." You know, there there are all these caveats. That, Please keep the performance grounded. In reality, um, please, you know, no, no costumes, no pantomiming, no props. And then you'll get an audition, like you, and, and they're like, keep the keep the lighting great. You, you know, we want the sound quality to be pristine. And now, like now, it's almost like they want to see how it would look, you know, it, if it were shot professionally. And, uh, you know, keep the, the you, please let, you know, please know that the sound quality is of utmost importance. The lighting is very important to these people. Okay, cool. So you, and then you get an audition where your character has to like walk through, you're, you're leading somebody, <laughs> you're leading somebody on a tour of a, of a dungeon or whatever, of a house. And then you get attacked and then you know, you have to you have to fend off three people, and 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 then and then and then you know you find the woman who was held captive, and you make out with her, and she starts making love to you, and and, and it's like, and I mean that's an exaggeration, but not that's far a, that's from a it. pretty big well, audition right there. Yeah, I just I just landed that role. Um, <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> uh, it, oh, it's those dungeon makeout scenes—they're just a dime a dozen. <laughs> um, 
No, but but I mean, seriously, like they'll have you like, you know, you're walking somebody through this thing and, and no pantomiming, don't use props and whatever. And then, you know, you pick up a crossbow and you shoot the you shoot the zombies that are attacking you. And then and then and <laughs> you you would just hope that they would keep these auditions like simple and performance based and like, you know, but they, they you know, they have like I just read for something the other day where where I emerge from a pool and see there's a woman naked nearby who slips in and and winds up like you know put put it turning me around <laughs> like I turn away from her and she turns me around and and she's like rubbing her bare breasts on my <laughs> on my body and uh and I'm on you know they're like yeah, keep it a keep it a medium to tight shot, and uh, yeah, no no pantomiming. <laughs> just, just, it's like what the, you're like. Is there is there just a scene where like I'm at a desk talking to somebody or on the phone? <laughs> if you want to see this stuff, but they they ask for these high stakes scenes where you really have to be, and part of it's fun. I mean, you like to do a fight scene and nobody can be on camera with you, right? And so, like, to your fake, you're t- taking fake punches, or, or you know, you're having to wrestle somebody down on a hood of a car, playing a racist cop again, um, <laughs> and, or, or you know, or, or it's anyway. Th- those are the worst, though. It, and the time of is the worst and the best because you're like, I can't make any more of a fool of myself. So I may as well go for it. I may as well go for whatever ridiculous thing this audition is asking for. And and and, just, and it becomes pure make-believe. And it's like when you're a kid and you're playing superhero and jumping off beds, you have to resort to that because it's just asking for everything that's not there um, and can't be there and, 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 and with all these limitations. And so those... Those are simultaneously the worst and the best auditions, aside from the one-liners. The one-liners are that's the other end of the spectrum, where you where all you say is, um, "Put that down, please." <laughs> um, here you are, sir. <laughs> I don't know. Absolutely. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I had a I, I had a professor in college who had a, uh, a a fairly large role in Days of Thunder, and it all got whittled down to him basically mm-hmm. saying sugar, sugar. That was basically he was <laughs> like that was that that was all he had. And so whenever we wanted to make him angry, we would just go sugar, sugar, and then he would he would totally blow up at us. <laughs> But, um, Days of Thunder. Yeah. Days of Thunder. Yes, the Was racing. No, that's uh, it's not, it's. Oh God. Yes, yes, Nick Cersei wasn't that. There's a whole story that I'll have to share with you guys sometime about um, Nick Cersei, who's also been in some films. He went to live near where we went to school, and I caught up with him much years and years later, and uh, it did not go well. So we'll have to talk about that <laughs> some other time. But, um, yeah, well, um, we uh, should probably go ahead and uh, and wrap this episode up. Um, oh, man. <laughs> uh, 
do you have unless you guys unless there's some other do you guys have any other pressing questions that you're wanting to um the zombie one was my was my my most important so we're we're good i like those i like this it was a, this is great yeah and remember we can always call anything them else i'll take anything else so you can <laughs> you got anything else that, that could replace any of the other milk toast <laughs> answers that i've provided <laughs> well we can we can't always ask you to come back on and and talk again we could we can always do that and, you know i'm I'm a historian too. Um, oh, here we go. <laughs> not at all. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but if you ever want me to come in and just like and give some color commentary, um, I'm I'm happy to do it. You guys, but you you guys have have a great podcast. I really have enjoyed what I've heard, and I want to and I want to hear more. And I've tried to convince my son to listen to your podcast. Mm. He's like a YouTube addict and i'm like just if you want if you're gonna listen to some things online nonsense like, here's here's something that's fun and informative and and it's entertaining these guys like have a good banter and 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 you're uh you're failing u.s history so <laughs> why not, um, not really sure how we can help there but okay <laughs> well no, he's not <laughs> But he near was, and um, I was like, "Hey, here's here's something you can do when you're not working." Well, um, uh, I'll uh, I'll, I'll, join I'll, you I'll thanks for having me. On. I'll um, yeah, thank you. Let me share. Absolutely. Let me share one more um horrible uh audition experience with you. Go harkening hey. back to my um no sex appeal thing. Um, <laughs> I had to go in to do a smoker's mouthwash audition, mm. and my mm. my agent at the time just said that. They're just going to, you're just going to, it was Lou. Uh, Cullen remembers Lou. Um, he was mm -hmm. a really gruff little Italian guy. Fantastic. Passed away a few years ago, but he was like, look, you're just going to go in there. They're going to take your picture and you're going to leave. So I just went down there and they asked me if I had my sides, which are the pieces of the script um, that you will be, you know, performing. And I said, I didn't realize that there were any sides. And so they hand them to me and it's kind of like, wow, her breath is fresh and you know all this kind of, you know this kind of ridiculous stuff and the lady behind the counter she says okay well you're also going to have to kiss somebody so we're going to set you up with uh her <laughs> i turn and <laughs> i turn and look at the girl and she looks at me and i i wish you could see the look on my face but it was kind of like she, the look on her face was just like oh <laughs> kind of like this. And like so, the look on your face, like, like ooga. <laughs> I just what had I with, had, right? Had I just only had a sucker with me, then I could have just you know. Oh. <laughs> but, oh, oh, I missed my time. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but yeah. So yeah, so it was that one, and so I went in and did this, and we had to go around the. Of course, she's and they said just go around the corner and kiss so it doesn't look awkward at the beginning. So it doesn't look like, awkward. <laughs> yeah, so here we are in this office around the corner, like doing a little smooth, and it was it felt so stupid. And we go in there for the audition, and I come out, and the lady's like, "Okay, J uh, Jason, we're running low on guys. Can you stick around for a couple more auditions?" And I wound up having to kiss like you know four or five other women um, during this time. And I'm thinking, in my mind, it was like. 
I'm going to audition more. They're going to see more of me and I can yeah, get this part. Yeah. The girl I was dating at the time did not see it that way at all. She was very, very uh, upset. She thought I was just making out with random women at this thing <laughs> all the time. The look on that girl's face is kind of like, that's it. This is this is what I'm going to have to kill. This this is not. I wouldn't meet this guy at a at an airport. This guy is like you know. This is no. Well, horrible, so. I will add to that if, if I may. I will say like so those commercial auditions where they group you together with people. That is such a crapshoot because like it, it you can wind up with the best people in the world, or you can wind up with like. It with with absolutely with absolute duds, you know, who don't know how to be a person on screen, and or you wind up with, you know, the the other, the the consummate actor, the the oh oh yes, we're all yes, we're all improvisationalists, wherein you where they're like okay, and hey, feel free to improv. And you wind up with just speaking over each other and, and everybody vying for attention, like uh, in this audition. And those the, those have been some of the most heinous ones, where where just like you, you know, you're just like you kind of you all meet up and you're like, okay, here's kind of a game plan. Like, what if you do this and I do that and that? And then you get in the room and it's every man for himself. It's right, right, and you're just like, oh, can you just kind of like you realize you have to be the bigger person and kind of shrink, you know, be you, you, if 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 you are and don't want to shout over these. And it's those are some ridiculous situations where you get, you know, the the performer actors that that are given an opportunity to improvise, and boy, do they take it. I mean, just right. everybody, everybody wants to shine. And so it's, I think, you know, I think I would say, I think I would say this and, and you, you, you'd be like, you nod your head. Right. I, I say all these funny things. And then I look at you and you like, you nod your head and don't say anything. Right. <laughs> sure. I'll nod my head and not say anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, those the, the free for alls can be pretty rough, but um, those, those are those are terrible. And and honest, and it happens on on feature sets too, where they allow, where where they allow improv. And actually, so the one that just premiered in Berlin, all, um, <laughs> um, the one uh, that was, it was an indie feature, and now it was called Avalanche. Now it's called One of These Days. Uh, like about a hands on a hard body contest anyway, but it, it's more, it's more of a, like it's, it, it's, it, it's kind of skewering um, culture, like uh, our economic disparity and what, you know, and what this that is, does. This is the film that you're, you're that you're that, promoting that, that just now. Premiered, you guys just premiered in, in Berlin and it was going to have its stateside premiere at South by Southwest. No more. Um, what did they get canceled because of the yeah, coronavirus? Yeah, because of uh, you know. Well, we'll uh, keep an eye out, and when uh, when the movie comes out, once it gets purchased and uh, and distributed, we'll maybe we'll have you back on, and we can kind of focus yeah, more I mean, on on that particular. Uh, that and, and uh, well, a few other things like to so that one, that's going to be the premiere of my first uh, full frontal um, scene on film. <laughs> Truly, this is not a joke. Uh, so, oh uh, you know, I can come back for that one or not. 
Um, <laughs> that one, that one. So Berlin, <laughs> Germany, like those more. Well, of course that's going to open a, in Berlin. A lot, a lot of people in Berlin have now, now know me better than a lot of people that know me. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, um, so they've, they've seen it. They've seen it all. Um, uh, it, yeah, that happened. I mean, for the screening, for the screening I went to, I get so Madison, my wife, was sitting to my left, and before the screening, the director introduced me to the man sitting on the other side of me. He said, "Ah, oh, this is," and I cannot remember his name. I apologize, but uh, this is so and so. He's you know, um, he's the head of uh, distribution of uh, you know of film sales in Berlin, in Germany. My shake hands, cool, good to meet you. So I'm sitting between them and the and the scene comes up in the movie and it's a big screen and it's a medium shot and there i come out of the bathroom like yep there there i am and uh <laughs> and and audibly the guy next to me gives this <clears throat> and <laughs> shifts, shifts to his right away from me like just like it was like i don't know if he knew that that was coming um, I'm thinking maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> probably a little, probably a little bit of the Galton Hemo. Uh, well, uh, well, when it comes when it comes out, definitely let's have you back on, and uh, we can uh, talk That's about your uh, first full frontal. Yeah, absolutely, and and also I, I just if if I may, there's um on April fifteenth. On Netflix, Outer Banks is is coming out. That's a Netflix series that's coming out, and I've got a really good, fun role. I'm another cop, but this is the best character arc I've ever had as a cop, and I actually got to like live in this role a bit and and not just be this one dimensional thing. And it was a really cool, well thought out role uh, that I had from beginning to end of the series um, called Outer Banks. Hmm. And it comes out, out. And it comes out when again? April fifteenth is when they're. I think they're going to drop the whole series on on Netflix. April fifteenth, and I think everybody's going to be home. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably, yes, yes. Well, okay. Um, so April fifteenth, Outer Banks. We'll keep an Outer eye Banks. out for that. But, um, and then, and, and, thank and you and so much again for um, all that comes out. Um, yeah. Oh, and that's on Amazon. That'll be an Amazon Prime Limited series. Uh, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. But uh, hey, dude, thanks for having me, man. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, this no. It was our pleasure. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you guys. Um, All right. Really enjoy the show. And I'll, I'll well, be happy to come back anytime. Absolutely. Oh, don't yeah, think absolutely. we won't hit you up on well, that either. Uh, thank you again. Happy. Ruth. You're so very welcome. Yeah. All right, well, there we go. Cullen, Wa- <laughs> Cullen Moss joining us here on the History Bros, talking a little bit of movie action, uh, history stuff, movie stuff, uh, just good stuff. Thank you again, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, for another week, that is the bros with an extra bro or something like that. So I suppose it's time to call it a night. I don't have any like good music or anything. I don't have a soundboard pulled up. So, I mean, Hatfield, if you want to try again with a... Oh, I do have one here. Oh, we could do this. Um...
There we go. All right. No. Mm-mm. Nope. That, that sucked. <laughs> I don't know if that's about it at all. I don't either. But anyway, gentlemen, have a good one. And enjoy your you week off. I'm going to find out what's about to happen <laughs> here with uh, my school. Good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so for the history bros, that's it for the week. I'm so glad I'm not close. Have a good one, everybody. Oh, that was totally open air. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Great. Can't, I mean, does, does that mean we're going to get sick now? Is there, where are we going to yeah. stay online? Oh. Distance yourselves and listen to this. You'll be fine. Oh, oh boy. Have a good one, everybody. All this right, Rude, you want to send us off? I think I just See did ya. twice. <laughs> that, that's you, Hatfield. Oh, I couldn't hear you. Sorry. Peace out. Deuces.